Hey friends, just wanted to give you an update of how I'm doing. I'll give you a brief homily because I am on quarantine. A little update for myself is that I was feeling a little bit short of breath and tired on Thursday evening and decided to get tested on Friday. And because of that, I had to go on quarantine. So I'm currently sitting in my room. I'll share a little bit with you of my experience Odd that last week I preached on what is your plan for quarantine? And here I am. So humility works in many different ways. But overall, I'm feeling fine. Just random times, a little bit short of breath. But I should receive my results back, hopefully today, if not tomorrow. And I will hopefully be able to share those with you. But this Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays because it is Christ the King Sunday. And it puts everything in perspective of where we are at and hopefully how we live our lives as followers of Jesus. You know, when you and I have guests over to our houses, and maybe you will or will not this particular Thanksgiving, pretty normal that you're going to clean up so people will see how clean you are. But, you know, the rooms that are messy, sometimes things we have things we don't want people to see. We try, we try to hide those places and Sometimes that can be with our relationship with Jesus and his lordship or kingship in our lives. You know, some people who are probably at Mass every Sunday have truly invited Jesus into their lives, but there are restrictions. You can't come into this part of my life. You know, they want Jesus to be in certain places, but other places, you know, he is just strictly not welcome. And then there's also at times, there's certain areas of your life and my lives that are just messy. And we don't want Jesus to see them. By the way, he's God, so we can. But, you know, we hide out of fear or pride. And the ultimate goal of the Christian life, my friends, is to allow Jesus to be Lord over our lives in not just certain parts. So maybe you've heard the statement of Jesus being lunatic, liar, or Lord, or King, but let's like look at the person of Jesus because this is like so crucial because if Jesus is just some turd, if he's just some dude, he's just some lump on a log, like by all means, go do whatever you want to do. But, you know, if you're going to ask who I was and you wouldn't ask other people, but you could come to me directly or look at like words about me that I like about my life that are factual, I would encourage you to do that first, right? So when you look at John 1030, I'd encourage you to get out your Bibles and Jesus says, I and the Father are one. So afterwards, his audience, when he says this, his audience pick up stones throw at him. So they readily give their reasoning. It is not good for a work that we stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you being a man, make yourself out to God, be God. So Jesus said, I am God. <laughs> so, okay. Secondly, Jesus claims to be not just one path to God, but the path. <laughs> So he says, I am the way and the life and the truth. And no one comes to the Father but through me. You can see that in John 14, 6. And thirdly, we must all come to know that sin has broken our relationship with God. And Jesus points to himself as the solution, not a solution, but the solution. And he points to himself. He says, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall not hunger and he who believes me shall not thirst. You can see that in John 6, 35. So if Jesus claimed to be God, 
and declare that he was the answer to our problems, and he's not, this disqualifies him as a great moral teacher. So C.S. Lewis, who is a convert from actually being an atheist to an Anglican, not necessarily a Protestant, but an Anglican, he said this. He said, I am trying to prevent anyone saying the foolish thing that people often say about Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to God. So there's, you know, it's one thing that we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. You know, he'd be crazy. He'd be bat stuff crazy. You know, we call him a lunatic because on one level, a man who says he's a, he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell, right? So you must make a choice. So either this man and is the son of God or he's a madman or something worse. So what C.S. Lewis points to is called the trilemma. And I highly encourage you to use this with friends when you have built trust with them and talk to them about this. So Jesus was either, he's either Lord or King, you know, uh, or he's a liar, which is a devil of hell, or he's a lunatic, a madman. But simply being, being a great moral teacher just is not an option because you got to look at the claims that Jesus was a liar or a lunatic. So Jesus was just not some hippie or homeboy or just some dude. He is the king of kings because he comes from the Davidic bloodline, the, the bloodline of David. So let's look, let's look at Jesus as liar because I think this is crucial. So if Jesus is a liar, then he w- you would have to ask ourselves, why would he lie? What's his motive? So liars in the pursuit of some gain, they always lie. They just lie because they want to get something. But What does Jesus gain as the result of his claims? Earthly power? You know, when they try to crown him, he runs away. Does he want status? He only wins the fleeting admiration of a small crown of seemingly unimportant people. And when he's on trial for his life and is challenged point blank to answer whether he is indeed the Christ, the Son of God, he does not hedge or fib. So no liar bent on earthly gain would do this. That's just insane, right? So Jesus has opportunities to be named king by his people or escape his death, and yet he doesn't do either. Rather than attempting to get something out of his audience, he continually gives himself. So that's Jesus as liar. Let's look at Jesus as lunatic. So if Jesus wasn't a liar, maybe he was a lunatic. Maybe he's bat stuff crazy. I mean, if someone claims to be God, but isn't, he's crazy. So the trouble is that he's radically unlike any other lunatic who ever claimed to be God. You know, there's a reason why people believe Jesus is a great moral teacher. It's because he possessed and shared incredible wisdom for our lives. This is something a lunatic could never do on his own as Jesus did, right? So even some of his enemies said this about him. He said, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God faithfully and care for no man, for you do not regard the position of men. So Jesus is a legend. He's Lord and King. And finally, some might say Jesus didn't claim to be God, but his followers made this claim up after his death. Sadly, over time, you know, 
the story of Jesus has been exaggerated or changed, or I would even say like dulled down to absolute boredom, that he's like a myth and he was never even real. So when you and I look at the claim that Jesus was simply a legend, we have to try to understand why some people make these claims. You know, there's a really good professor from Boston College named Peter Kraft that I highly encourage you to check him out. And he notes what Christian, what Christians has had to gain if they exaggerate claims about Jesus. He says, here is what they got out of their hoax. Their families and friends scorned them. Their social standing possessions and political privileges were stolen from them both by Jews and Romans. They are persecuted, imprisoned, whipped, tortured, exiled, crucified, eaten by lions, and cut to pieces by gladiators. <laughs> so, yeah. So whether they were leaders in the church or new believers, Christians were persecuted, like, awfully, just terribly for the first 300 years of Christianity because it was illegal to be a Christian. And one leader was St. Ignatius of Antioch. He's a church father. Highly encourage you to look him up. Look him up. And he was a bishop and even a follower of St. John, the beloved disciple, who wrote St. John's Gospel, who also wrote the Epistles and the Book of Revelation. And toward the end of his life, St. Ignatius was taken to Rome to be killed in the Colosseum. And as he traveled to Rome, he wrote seven letters we still have today. You know, he's just one of many Christians who died for the faith during the first 300 years of the church. And the question I want to pose to you, my friends, today is, why would so many people die for a lie? Why would so many people die for a lie? Why would you and I die for a lie? You know, I encourage you to form a small group and get to work and stop doing this individual, me, myself, and I, Christianity and start some Bible study or an accountability group to deeply continue to explore the person of Jesus Christ and the eternal ramifications of his life-changing message. You know, if you think that the, the idea that Jesus is Lord is pretty obvious, then listen to Jesus challenge all of us. He says these, these words in Matthew 7. He says, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's you and me, by the way. He later says, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I don't know about you, but I would be totally heartbroken to hear those words spoken to me from Jesus. Also, I'd be even more heartbroken if Jesus said that to someone who has begun the process of following him as Lord and King. You know, just let it be clear, it's one thing to say Jesus is Lord or King, and it's another to live it out. You know, how do we claim Jesus is Lord or King in our relationships? By dating in our friendships, our roommates, how we use our phones, how we use our money, what we do for our classwork. You know, how do we claim that Jesus is King or Lord regarding our fears about the future? 
And how do we claim that Jesus is Lord in what we listen to or watch or binge on? So last thing. In today's gospel, Jesus' followers in the final time before he leaves, they say, when have we seen you, you know, naked or homeless or thirsty or in prison? And I would just tell you, my friends, it's so much easier to see Jesus when you're not alone doing this me, myself, and I individual Christianity thing, which, by the way, is not Christianity. You know, I, as a priest, I've, I've gone to, come to love hosting uh, the Bible study for beginners on Tuesday nights at the Newman Center because we get to share in how we, in some way, are seeing Jesus. And it's much easier to see him in a group than on your own. And for those of you who go to Mass and come to Mass often, do we not see Jesus, the King of the universe, the Lord of Lords, in the Eucharist? You know, when Thomas saw him in John 20, he said the words, My Lord and my God. Now, I encourage you to start saying those words when the priest holds up the Eucharist. Jesus, the King. You know, on one hand, that's like so important. But please, my friends, do not assume that everyone who is a Christian will claim Jesus as Lord or King. I want to challenge everyone here not to just think that Jesus is Lord, but actually live like it. That includes being a person who spends time with Jesus in the Eucharist in prayer. You know, you're spending time with his word, you're praying the rosary, and you serve the poor. Okay, like for real last thing. I want to end with a quote for you to chew on that was actually used at my grandma's funeral. It was on the back page of her worship aid. It's a quote that she wanted to share when she died with me and everyone who came, and I think with all of you. And it comes from one of my favorite saints, St. Teresa of Calcutta, who said this. At the end of life, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we have received, how much money we have made, how many great things we have done. We will be judged by, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was homeless and you took me in. You know, Mother Teresa lived that five-finger gospel talking about that you do unto least of mine, you do it to me. So point blank, how you and I treat others is how we're treating Jesus. And the person that you love the least that gets on your nerves is really how much you love Jesus. So when you and I serve the poor, and yes, when, not if, but when, we serve the poor, it is one of the clearest signs that Jesus is Lord and King. And we serve Jesus by feeding his mystical body. Or does Jesus really serve us? Because we want, we, or we learn to die to self and not to think about ourselves. And boy, oh boy, my friends, our world could use a lot more of that selflessness, forgetfulness of self. And as Jesus came to die for us, out of love for us. We must come to die for love of him. 
who is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Amen.